All right, guys, Alton Jones here from Southern California. I hope you can guys can hear me. All right, let's see here. Okay, so welcome to the call, guys, for the monthly uh, Gold Club okay. Q&A. Wow. And so this is Alton Jones hailing all the way to California. I'm one of the mentors, have been a mentor for several years now with Ron LeGrand. And so I want to welcome you all to the call. And uh, right now what I want to do is... Um, you know, let you know what we do here. So we hold this call uh, every second Monday of each month uh, for the Gold Club members and submit your deals prior to the call that we can review right there on the spot, and you can ask questions if you like as well if you're a member. Um, and if you're not a member of Gold Club, you can only listen in. You can't participate. You can only listen in. And if you are a member and you logged in under the wrong um, uh you log in under the wrong site, and you may have to hang up and, and call back in under your um, your uh, your number un, under your access that you get under the Gold Club. So, uh, if you have if you're that person, hopefully we got some folks in the queue right now that are actually waiting. So, uh, let's hear. Um, Why does this keep shutting off on us? If you are a Gold Club member, if you can mute your phone, you want to mute your phone, you can push start. And that way you don't have the background noise. Um, let me see here. Uh, trying to do some uh, cleanup work here, some honeydew stuff. Uh, okay, if you are, if you want to be a Gold Club member, all you have to do is go to ronlegrandsgoldclub.com. You can sign up to be a member uh, on that. So um, if you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question, then... Uh, uh, and it's or discuss any deals that you have already submitted. Just go ahead and press star six. That dog you has be got an ounce of the queue. Star six, and you can be in the queue, and we can go from there and get your questions uh, answered. If, and, you and the only way you're going to have that is if you're already a Gold Club member. So has it got an ounce? Right um, so now what we're going to do is um, I'm reading these instructions here, so uh, we're going to go into the first caller. So I'm going to... I think it might be a good idea here. Uh, next button. Where is the next button? Uh, well, here. That's the thing that I've gotten to do is... Okay, so all right, let's try this now. It don't make this Hello, easy. is there a gold club call here? Out of here uh, try to get this going. Uh, where is that button? Uh, apologize, folks, for the little technical difficulties here. I know we got a bunch of people on the call trying to get to our first caller, and uh, for some reason it doesn't have this button that says next. Go to the... Uh, on the next button, go to the next person for the queue. Automatically, put it. Hmm. 
Tell us the next button over here. Can you somehow mute everybody else, or you have to do that individually? Yeah, let me try that. I'll put the I'll put everyone. Well, it says it doesn't. Let me mute mute, mute mode. Yeah, because some people just forgot to mute. So we oh, got yeah. the yeah, we got that. mighty ass. All right, guys. There we go. Thank you very much. That must have been a person who's a doctor or something. They got the stuff down wired for sound. So we got that part done. Uh, let me get into the Q and A here. Uh, my first person here. I don't want to. Okay, here's next. There's the next button. There we go. All right. We have Heather. Heather, are you there? Heather? Did you say Terry? No, who did you say? I said, uh, it says Heather. Oh, oh maybe it's no, it's, it's, it's Terry. Yes, Heather's, yeah. Yes, that's my fiance, but this is Terry. Oh, okay, so she using, you're using her phone. So we well, really know who's in charge, right? <laughs> my name is Terry Bleef, and I sent in a... Terry. Uh, Okay, Gary, I got your stuff here. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Oh, that's right. You're the infamous Terry that's been going around my office. <laughs> Is that so, right? So you, you, we need to get you invested into a real scanner, man. I've, I <laughs> use like a gallon of ink just to print out one page. <laughs> it's okay, man. I got Sorry your stuff here. That, you had a lead okay. that came in. Um, yes. I guess you had Friday night. They did something at 6.30. Did you go visit this house or something actually, like that? Well, yes, actually. I went there today. We had to reschedule it today, and I went there at 3 o'clock today. So oh, a, little, a little information on this. We thought it was a, I thought it was a family. Uh, Lynette had, had called on that lead for, our, for the uh, virtual on Friday. So, okay. So I went there, and it's actually a vacant house. It's an investor, and she's, uh, she's looking to offload this property. She bought it about six years ago. Um, so some of the details are there in front of you, um, yeah. but uh, she's very firm on the twenty-five thousand and very firm on the twenty-five hundred a month. Um, but if she only wants a term of twelve to fifteen months, Alton. So, uh, and that's the reason I submitted tonight because I wanted to get somebody else's opinion. Uh, Scott's my mentor, uh, but we're going to speak maybe tomorrow. But who's uh, your mentor? So, Scott. Scott. Oh, Scott. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. So I went and met with her today, and uh, the house is not as pretty as it looks in the pictures because she's using the pictures from six years ago. Mm-hmm. It's been a rental for her. Uh, so it does need some cosmetic stuff. It's not bad, but, I mean, it's, it's been neglected for six years since she's owned it. But it's only 2001 bill. It's worth about 350000 Is that still true based on what you saw? Yeah. Well, actually, that's what, in fact, Ron was saying on Friday during our call that he thought it would be, he thought I should list it at four ninety nine. dollars Four forty nine nine, but I told him it, I thought today it was going to need a little bit of work to be able to ask that price. But it's a three thousand square foot home, and uh, and the um, and comps in the area are one one fifty to two hundred a square foot. So I mean I think the R could be four hundred easy. It's on a canal. Um, it's got one hundred twenty five feet of, of uh, uh, waterfront on the canal, but it's it's a freshwater canal. It's not it doesn't go out to the Gulf here I in see. Florida, but. Anyway, long story short, um, that I'm not sure if it's worth my time to pursue this one because um, her price is good, 295, and she's even a little flexible on that. But she's very firm in the 25k down in the 2500 a month um, because that's what she was getting from her her tenants. And um, so, and like I said, she only wants 12 to 15 months uh, for a, for a term. So. 
Well, it is pretty tight. I can tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. One yep. thing you can't do is make somebody else's problem your problem. Because if you went out and found a buyer that was willing to give $25,000 down, I can guarantee you she wouldn't be getting all that $25,000. Okay? Right. So you would yep. get somewhere like half of that. And so there's no possible way that you're going to go out and find somebody to give her all the money uh, for this house uh, because there's plenty of houses in and around the area that they can buy with that yes. kind of money. So um, <clears throat> if you can't go back with a couple of rebuttals after, after going back, let's say you went there today and yep. you spoke to her, she's hard on her price. So, and how long has she been on the market? Or did she just come on the market? Well, She's had it listed for 242 days. She had a tenant in there until February, and they've right. moved out. So it's been vacant right. since February. Okay, so. so it's been vacant since February. So she's losing yep. money on it because she's not making yes. any money on it. Right. And during these times right now, we got a new, we got a new economical situation occurring in the economy. So this, this could be some good, could be some bad. But the bottom line is she, she, she owns this house, what, free and clear? Or she owns, she yes, owns it is free. One? It's fair and clear. Yep. She pays so, so she's not, she's not, she's, she's, she wants to sell, but she's not that motivated. Right. Uh, when somebody's that hard what? on that price and not negotiable yeah. at all, sometimes you have to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. And, and you might yeah. have to check back with you in a few months. And she's already okay. been vacant for since, 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 what, February. So yeah. she's been getting nothing since then. So she's losing money because she's not making any money. Right. But at the same time, winter's coming, too. And so yes. she's going to have to have new tax bills are going to be coming out, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, insurance yes. is going to be paid, has to be paid. So she's going to yes. have some expenses, even though she's got no, no mortgage, she's going to have expenses still. And then she's yeah. going to end up having some other uh, deferred maintenance, which she's probably already has anyway. She does. Yeah, she does. So what, what do you think you can get if you found a buyer uh, to lease this thing out? Let's say at Ron's price, at, uh, was it at 449 What uh-huh. would you be able to get as a down payment? I'm thinking between forty and fifty. So if you were able to get forty and fifty down, mm-hmm. and um, but and how much per month do you think you can get? I'm thinking uh, here's the here's the issue. So the taxes and insurance come out to about four hundred a month. That she will not come down in her twenty five hundred to cover that difference. So um, I'm thinking between three and thirty five hundred because of the size of the house. Well, let me ask you this: so, Are you doing a lease option? or Are you trying to do owner financing? Uh, we're going to do owner finance. Okay, so that means you're going to get the deed, get the title, get the name. Yes. She's going exactly. to owner finance it, and she's going yep. to, you know, you're going to get the deed so you'll be uh, as owner on the property at Correct. the time. But yes. I can tell you this, 12 to 15 months is just not long enough there. I know. It's just yep. not. It's very risky to get any yeah. buyer to qualify for a house in less than 12 months, uh, yeah. let alone 15 months. I don't think 15 months is a little. I think the minimum I would take would be 24 months to to maybe even 36 months. And that's uh, what I told her. I told that's what we normally do, and she just didn't want to finance for that long. So, and if that's the I case, understand. then that's okay. Yeah. Then that's all right. Yeah. That's the deal that's not for you. So yeah. sometimes you got to – the deal that – the best deal that you can do is a deal that you never did, and you will right. be not frustrated with headaches uh, because <laughs> this person will be all in your Kool-Aid if she thinks anything's going wrong. Okay. Yeah. Because this yeah. is not new to us, but it's new to her. But she's a little bit savvy, but at the yes. same time, she's a little bit of hardhead. And so um, sometimes you just have to go on to the next one. And guess what? Check back with her in a few more months. You know, check, check back with her around uh, no, no Thanksgiving or Christmas to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Or even the first yeah, of the year. 
that's and that's you know? my gut feeling too, Alton. That's why I wanted to get another opinion. I still haven't spoken to Scott yet, but you're yeah. saying the same things I've been thinking. Now, like I said, if it was even 18 to 24 months, I might pull the trigger on all those other numbers. Right. But 12 to 15 months is just a little too scary, especially and, and I, I think, that big. And, I, and, I, and if it wasn't for those hard months that she wants, 12 to 15 months, I would yeah. say, yeah, because you can work with getting somebody to give you forty, fifty thousand dollars down and giving her twenty-five. But if you're mm-hmm. thinking you only can get twenty-five, you can't do that. And the thing yeah. is, you got to test the market because here's the deal: right. you go into this situation and you close escrow, and, and then how, and how much, how much, how much time will she give you before you have a first payment? Do you get ninety well, she, days? Do you make your first no, payment? No, she wants it, and she wants it right away too. That's another negative. She won't even give me sixty days. Right, and she then wants take you at least six days to find somebody. Yeah, yeah, she wants it when we close. So, well, there's yeah. got to be a lot more upside. I mean, it seems like it's upside at 449.9. You can get somebody yes. at that price, and you can think I can maybe get an extra, you know, thirty, forty thousand on top of what she's asking for, which would mm-hmm. be great. But she wants immediate money, uh, which yep. wants to close right away, and then yep. you, um, and then you have to be be able. To, by the time you blink, it's going to be twelve months, yeah. and she's going to be pushing you to get this thing out. Now, what yeah. you could do, <laughs> I've done before. Is put uh, an automatic renewal for another twelve months uh, yeah. of the contract. So <laughs> not so she's going to go for that, but you can well, write it up that way if you did that. Cause she, yeah, because I even went, I kind of even went that way, and she goes, "No, my attorney's not going to let me do that." Oh crap! You got an attorney yeah. on your side. You got an okay. attorney. So yeah. it's just hey, if she's hard pressed on those timelines and things like that, then you yeah. may just have to put her in your backup folder uh, to follow up with her in the next few yeah. months how she's fared because she's been vacant for this long and I'm, I'm sure she's got a ton of calls. I'm sure she's got oh, a ton yes. of calls. She and does. So, You're but, absolutely right. Nobody wants to agree to those terms and those terms right. are de- devastating to you, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing owner financing and you put out money to close this deal with your title. Because remember, you're going to have closing costs with respect oh, yeah. to getting the deal done and signed by the attorney and recorded and all the transfer tax. That's yeah. going to be on you. And, yep. then, and then not to mention me. the down payment, the cost of closing, and then all of a sudden you've got to find somebody. By then you turn around, and then you've got to get out of the deal in, in 12 or 15 months, and then she's going to hold your feet to the fire because she's got an yeah. attorney, and she'll start, she'll start foreclosure procedures before you can blink your eye. I know you're right. Yep, you're so, exactly right. So. I said sometimes okay. this would be a great yeah. deal, but sometimes the best deals you can do is a deal that you never did. Yeah, I agree. So I agree. I hope that all helped, right. man. It is. Alton, I appreciate it, and thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Be safe out there, my man. All right. We'll do Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Who's next? We got somebody from Las Vegas. Who's that? Uh, Danielle. Danielle, did you submit a, a, a thing, or do you have a question? Uh, no, I just have a question. Okay. No problem. No problem. How long have you been in Gold Club? Uh, for, since uh, March. March, and you've already been through the Quick Start School? You've been trained by Ron, the great Ron LeGrand? I have, I have. All right, you know that I'm one of his best mentors out there, right? Nice, nice. <laughs> and, then, and I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Oh, you're 10 foot tall. Yeah, and bulletproof. Don't forget that part. <laughs> well, I, I'm already impressed with the 10 foot tall part. <laughs> okay, well, good, well, good. Well, then God bless you. So what can I do for you? So I have a, a couple questions here. Um, I have a uh, wholesale deal, and I was wanting to assign the contract to a different LLC. Uh, they're both my LLCs. I was wondering if there's a way that I just use the same agreement that's on the Gold Club and just 
basically assign it to the yeah, new Yeah, you have a buyer for it already? Huh? Do you have a buyer for it? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah, you could use the same contract. It's really uh, uh, very simple. You're keeping it simple by using those forms. It's already good. So when you're getting on a contract with your, um, your, 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 your seller, you're using your uh, sales purchase agreement, right? And then you're going to turn around and use your assignment, your contract. And then what happens is once you – because you've got to make sure you're transparent. They understand that you're buying it, but you're, you're going to resell it to somebody else because you, you're wholesaling it, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, and they, they know that. Yeah. So as long as they know what's going on, those forms that you use on Gold Club are just as good as anything else. Matter of fact, you can actually take a doggone – uh, legal sheet of paper and write and whatever the terms are right there on a piece of paper, uh, it's just as good. But those forms on Gold Club have been vetted by attorneys. They've been reviewed. Uh, there's things in there you can leave in there. There's some things maybe you could take out that may not apply. It's totally up to you. And then once you have it reviewed by your attorneys, then you're good to go. So the good news well, is... Well, I, I guess my, my biggest question is because I, I uh, did the agreement have everything signed with the guy with the wrong LLC? So I need to switch my LLC when I actually sell it and get paid. Um, right. So that's you have it under contract under your LLC now, correct? Correct, and I want to switch to a different LLC. Right. So you want to switch to the person who's buying their LLC, or do you want to switch? No, 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 no. I want to switch to a different LLC of mine. That you own. Yeah, because I, I use my buy and hold LLC by accident, and I need to switch Probably. it to my, you know. That's easy to do. Oh, that's easy. That's, all you're doing on that is just a, an addendum, an addendum, okay? And it ah, should be okay. an addendum on the gold club. So it's not like another contract that you have to use. You have your first contract, right, from A to B, okay? You're, the mm-hmm. seller's A, you're B. You got your contract. The only thing that you're going to do, you can change a contract by doing addendums to the contract. So it's part of the contract. So you just you have your original contract, and you do an addendum to that contract, and once you do the addendum, they realize, okay, we're going to basically do a name change so you could use your other LLC. It's just you still. So when you decide to assign it to your, uh, your, your, your end buyer, then you, use a, uh, you do your assignment of contract. So you're assigning the contract. Remember, the original contracts, you're holding LLC, but you've already changed the name by doing that addendum. That goes with that contract as well. And then you're going to have the assignment of contract that's going to have your end buyer on there, and all that goes to your attorney or to your escrow company, and then they make it all work out from that point on. And you get your assignment. Okay. Work. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so basically you're not going to do a whole new contract because you're changing your name. You're just doing an addendum. Okay. Um, and then he, he, he had texted me today because um, I had ended up posting it on Zillow, and he was wondering why I was listed as the uh, list you know, for sale by owner. <laughs> now, does he know what you're doing? He knows what you're doing, though, right? Yeah, yeah. He just thought I was only going to use my buyer's list. Well, yeah, you're developing your buyer's list. You're always developing your buyer's list. You have a buyer's list that you currently have, but then you're always reaching out to other buyers to make them aware. And that's how you put it out there like that because you're constantly building your buyer's list anytime you put out any type of marketing because you've got new buyers that may have sold property and now they become available to be a new buyer, so they're constantly looking for um, uh, new deals. So you just happen to be one of those persons who's constantly growing their buyer's list, and this is the way your system works. And this happens when you, when you actually have a new property that comes online, you want to make your new buyers that are out there aware of uh, that you have new 
prop new new projects for them to be able to purchase. That's how you explain it. Right. To don't overcomplicate. Okay. It. Very simple. That way, okay. as long as you're transparent, you don't seem like you're trying to you know hide anything, and they they respect you more and they feel more comfortable with the process. Got it. Okay. Um, and then my last question, uh, I've been doing um, yellow letters, yes. and I've been getting a good uh, response rate back as far as people calling in, mm-hmm. um, but the conversion ratio for people actually like interested has been very low, so I'm wondering if I'm, uh, what, what a no- normal conversion ratio is from the leads that come in and call. Well, that's a good thing. Yellow letters are one of my favorite ways to do to get great deals. One of my great deals I did on a yellow letter campaign made eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars on one yellow letter campaign that went to a PO box in Hawaii, and I was able to do a deal out in LA uh, because of that yellow letter campaign. Because not everybody wants to sell the way you want to buy. Period. Uh, and, that, and and see, everybody wants the highest price for their house. Uh, and, and try to weed through that is just going through the numbers. You can't beat the numbers, but don't let the numbers beat you. And so, yes, I'd say more than 90% of the people will respond negatively to you. They will not sell the way you want to buy. But you've got to find that, say, 8 9%, or even 1% of the people who do want to sell the way you want to buy and, uh, and then go through that process. But you constantly have to continue the marketing because I use the same list. Matter of fact, that, that deal that I told you that we made that deal on, um, we mailed to that guy four or five times in a two-year period. But guess what? He wasn't a motivated seller during those other times. He became a motivated seller because I continue to market to the same list over a period of time, over, over a two-year period, and then he became motivated. He picked up, I became a household name because he would get something from me probably once a quarter. He'd get a, either a yellow letter from me or a postcard from me, but he recognized the name. And then so, hey, I okay. called this guy up. He took my letter, put it in the sock drawer, then he brought it out when he was ready. What's up? We did the deal. As a matter of fact, he even paid $10,000 of my closing costs and, and, and just to be gracious enough to take care of the deal, to, to solidify the deal. We didn't ask him to do that, but he did it anyway. So most of the people will be negative and don't want to sell the way you want to buy. But you can't let, you can't, you have to play a game with it. It's like some will, some won't, some what, so what next? That's another Yeah, I'm thing. just wondering kind of what, what percentage I should expect because I've had about 150 incoming calls and I've, I've converted it into one wholesale deal and then one, um, uh, you know, pretty house deal. Right. See now, here, look, you you two for you two hundred. You're one for fifty. So 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 if you got fifty leads, you got one deal. You got another fifty leads, you got another deal. Doesn't matter if it's a wholesale deal. I mean, or a pretty house deal or an ugly house deal. You got a doggone deal. So for every fifty deals you did, you got a deal. So out of a hundred leads, you got two deals. That's two for fifty. I mean, two for a hundred. That's one for fifty. Imagine if anybody in this call, all these people on this call right now, if they got 50 leads and got one deal out of 50 leads, just being new, because I, don't, I assume that you're pretty new at this, right? You've been doing this for about a year or less? Right. So for out of a year, so for every 50 leads, because, again, you're new, you're learning your craft, you got one deal. Just imagine how it would be once you get down to every 30 leads that you got, all of a sudden you got a deal. Okay, so for every 30 leads that you got, and again, not let, we got to define what a lead is, okay? Not just somebody who just called you and said, I got a house for sale, and they returned your call, and they hang up on you. Or, no, I don't have a house for sale, goodbye. 
We're talking about a real true lead that you vetted and maybe even made offers on. Now, I can probably bet. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm just talking about 150 people that called me back off the letter. Oh, wow. See? And most of them said, oh, no, I'm not selling the house. <laughs> right. But imagine if you, because I know you didn't write no 100 contracts, and you didn't write 50 contracts. But no, no. They have 50 people who called you back from either some type of marketing that you sent out, and then they called you back. That's good. That's, that's outstanding. But usually, I can tell you this, it would be a lot lower than that. You've just been fortunate enough to um, divorce yourself and just, just to the opportunity of being able to do the deal. You did it despite how good you were or how good you weren't. Okay, so uh, I would say you have a lot less people that are going to respond to you in a positive way than, than what you already got. So I just say keep doing what you're doing and just, it's like ignorance on fire, okay? Uh, light yourself on fire, people will come watch you burn. Right now, you got, two de- you got two deals out of 100 calls that called you back. That's outstanding. There's some people who don't even mail out 100 letters in a year or even postcards or anything like that, let alone you got 100 people that you actually talked to and got two deals. That is outstanding. So don't let that, be, don't let that discourage you. That should inspire you to be able to do more because if your skill, skill set of talking to these sellers got even a little bit better, 10% better, then that's going to increase your bottom line. So I'm proud of you. You, you did a really outstanding job with that. Okay. All right, fair enough. I just, I just wasn't sure what the numbers should look like, so that's good. And then you said you remail out to the, uh, to the people. Um, do you do sequential letters to the same people as you do, like, yellow letters? Well, so, so when I send out my yellow letters, I send them out uh, about 250 a letter per week. And I continue to do that. I usually have about a 2,000-name or 3,000-name list. And I'll run it out maybe every five to six weeks or longer, depending on how many I sit out in the mail per week. And therefore, then I'll rinse, repeat. Now, some letters are going to come back, return to the sender at the bad address. Some people are going to call you, Pat Live, and say, take me off your list. So I, I take those folks off the list or the people with return to sender letters, I take them off the list, and then I go remail to the ones that survive. But guess, here's, the key, here's the best thing about it. When I'm sending out my letters through the, through the um, yellow letter campaign or if I do postcards or whatever I may do, what happens is the, uh, um, they go through that screening process because I don't have to take all the calls. Who's taking the calls in? Pat Live. And Pat Live is going to figure out who's the motivated seller. And if Pat Live says, oh, I got Mrs. Jones calling me back about a house that she's got for sale in you know, Los Angeles, California, great. Let me call Mrs. Jones back. But if I got Mr. Smith calling me back saying, what makes you think I want to sell my house? How dare you send me a letter? Or they may even rip up my letter, put it back in a, another envelope, and mail it back to me. Okay. Now, I've had so many crazy scenarios happen. The only ones that matter are the ones that want me to call them back. I don't have to call them back the ones that say, don't call me back. I don't have to call them back the ones that says take me off the list, because they've already told me what to do. And so once I get the information from Pat Live, Stella was, you know, not friendly at all, didn't want anything to do with lease options, Please remove from the list. No problem. Take them off the list. I don't got to call that person back, nor do I have to waste another postage or stamp or a letter trying to mail back to them again. So you just track what you do. That's the main thing is key to the the yellow letter campaign is tracking the list. Your list is the key, but vetting that list and then tracking it and monitoring it and then moving on from there. Eventually, something's going to come through. Like, again, you've been doing this less than a year, and you already got two deals out of the list. I I have to ask you, how big is your list? Um, it's about uh, 2,000 names. 
2009, perfect, perfect. And I can tell you, the majority of that list is still good. So you had some bad, bad addresses, right? People moved, people sold already. And, but the majority of the list is not coming back. You don't get like, when you mail out 200, you're not getting like 150 back as a bad address, correct? No, no. No, very small. You may get, you know, two, three, maybe five come back as a bad address per week, but you don't get like 20 of them coming back to you every week. So, and, that, and that's what I find. So I find that I have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Keep a, keep a contact of the people who say call me back and follow up with them quickly. And then uh, because then when you follow up with them quickly, all I'm trying to find out is if they're a motivated seller and is it worth me going to see that house to determine if I want to buy based on the conversation we have over the phone. The other ones, they were just practice. The one that told me no, the ones that take me off the list, the one that says, you know, go pound sand, great, thank you very much, I appreciate it. And then you play a game with it. It's like hide and seek. It's like whack-a-mole. But the thing is, you've already struck gold twice on that 2,000 name list. So depending on how much you make, you think, how many times did I do this? How many hours did I spend do it? Based on what you've made on that, how much is that divided by the time you spent per hour, and you determine how much do you make per hour. You know, so it, it's, all, it's all good. I mean, you just have to figure out, you know, what's work, what works best for you. Okay. Okay. Cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a good one. Be safe. You too. All right. Next up on the call, who do we have? Newhart? This is Rick. Rich? Rick with a K. Rick. Where are you from, Rich? I'm from Southern Oregon. Southern Oregon. I didn't know there was a Southern Oregon. I'm, I'm sorry? I didn't know there was a Southern Oregon. I don't get up to Oregon too much. Well, oh, good. It's beautiful here. I can imagine. Well, welcome to the call. I appreciate you. You didn't have a, a sheet, lead sheet sent in here, did you? No, I had a question. Go ahead with your question, sir. So when there's a property that has two houses on it, how do you do comps? Okay, so, uh, and you see, you're in Oregon. So Oregon is really big with ADUs. Is this a house an ADU? I don't even a- know. Accessory dwelling unit? You know what I'm talking about out there? No. Okay, so an accessory dwelling unit is something we've been doing in California since 2017. But I do know uh, Oregon and Seattle have been hitting this thing for the last 20 years. And basically, they do garage conversions, and they make them into a, like a granny flat or a unit with a kitchen, and they call it an accessory dwelling unit. So I know Oregon has been doing that a lot. They're, a matter of fact, the pioneers uh, in that in the western region of the uh, United States. And uh, California has been copying what they've been doing. So when you and it's almost like you could have the same size house, main house in the front, and have a same house, same size house in the back. So therefore, you have two on a lot. Normally, when you have two on a lot, it's like a duplex. So are they are they counting this house that you were referring to as a duplex? Um, they've never said anything like that. In, the listing doesn't say anything like that. It's just another house. And, uh, this is the property that's property. listed on MLS? Um, no, I think one is on Zillow, and the other one is, I think, just on Craigslist. But, there, yeah, there's two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you, so typically when you have two houses on one lot, usually you have one parcel number. If they got two parcels numbers on there, then they may have, have, they may have two separate properties. And you have some, two separate properties sometimes on a, what they call a flag lot. A flag lot, meaning you have one house in the front and another house behind yes. that one, and you could have another house behind that one. So you have one row 
uh, like a driveway, if you will, to go down to get to your house in the middle or the ones that's like on the third house behind the main house. They could be separate houses, but they also could be one house that they're trying to sell. You can't really sell two houses on one lot as one as um, as two house, two separate parcels if they only have one parcel number. If it's one yes, parcel number, and that's have. what you have to determine when you put the address in there, does the parcel number have a parcel number for the front house and one house for, and one for the back house? If they have two separate parcels, it should say that either one is a duplex or two, it's a um, a flag lot where it's separate. It's completely separate. And you could have seen that scenario. We've have, we have some of those things in Southern California uh, where we have a flag lot where you have one house in the front, one house in the back, and the owner basically at once upon a time had owned the whole property as one and then subdivided it because they may have subdivided the lot to make it two separate, two separate lots, two separate parcels, and that way they can sell the middle house or the back house and, you know, or the front house. So that happens a lot. But it would have to be, you would have to research it a little bit more, and you can even get simple information. The good news is you can ask a realtor to find out the facts of the property. Tell me about these two properties. you got one listed here and one listed there. Are they one property? or Is it just one lot, or are these lots separate? And what's the dimensions of the lot? You want to know what are the dimensions of the lot because the person in the back is going to be harder because now you have to have what they call is an easement. In order to right. get to your property, you got to go through a property to get to your property. And that's not necessarily the right – a lot of buyers don't like that. They don't like to – have issues with the neighbor in the front because now you may turn into the Hatfields and McCoys, if you will, and all of a sudden you may not get along with your neighbor in the front. And they, and they may sometimes purposely block your way access to get oh, to your yeah. property. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. so some of those things are what they call is, uh, functional obsolescence. That's just a legal term in real estate that they talk about something that's a, it's a, it's a natural um, obscure uh, 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 um, it's naturally something that's like, like it, 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 uh, how should I say the word I'm trying to use? Um, obstruction? Yeah, obstruction. There you go. Thank you. It's a natural obstruction. So it's a, it's a negative to a buyer. Um, it could be positive to a seller because he could sell two houses, live in one, rent out the back, or sell the back one, live in the front one. But a lot of people don't want those things. But some people do. They're okay with it depending on the location a word of house, you know, they say location, location, location. Could be great school district, could be great community district. So those things sometimes can be favorable for somebody just to be in that area. Um, so, but just research it a little bit more to determine what are the pros and cons of, of that. It may not always be good, but sometimes it can work out to your benefit in the end. Okay, so um, on these two properties, they are a single, pro single parcel. Do you just combine the square footage when you're doing comps? Uh, no, negative. Because if they're, single, if they're two separate parcels, meaning two separate parcel, parcel numbers, you, you, can't, you have to separate them all together. You've got to completely no, they're, they're, take them out. they're single, one, one parcel, uh, two houses. Okay, so, so okay, let me get that. I'm going to get this straight. So you have one parcel with two houses on it, right? Yeah. So are they calling that a duplex? Um, I don't know. They haven't said anything about duplex. Because you can get away, because it's, it's, it's either going to be 
a single-family house, right, even though it's two on a lot, when you have two on a lot, it's considered a duplex. And you can have a okay, duplex yes. one parcel number, okay, because you got two on a yeah. lot. you got two houses on a lot. They don't have to be attached, and they, I'm assuming these houses are detached, correct? Yes, they are detached. They refer to the other house as a guest house. Okay, so again, when he said a guest house, that's why I brought up the ADU. The ADU is vitally important to know because that ADU is a guest house. And so when you're looking at comps, then you combine those together. Like right now, I have a house that's in escrow that we just built a brand-new 1,100-square-foot, no, 1,030-square-foot uh, ADU, which when I say ADU, it's really a single-family house. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,030-square feet. The front house is 1,100-square-feet. Same thing, three-bedroom, two-bath. So now, it is a single-family house with one parcel number, two houses on one lot, but one is a guest house. We call a guest house an ADU. The problem with that is you can only use comps that covers a single-family residence. So in essence, like you asked, do I combine the square foot together? Yes. So if I have a 1,100 um, square foot in the front, plus I got another 1,030 square foot in the back, I got now 2,130 square feet. So that is towards the entire property. So when they say, how, many, how big is your lot? I mean, how big is your property? I got 2,130 square feet, two houses on a lot. I got a guest house in the back, and I got three bedrooms and uh, two baths in the front, and three bedrooms, two baths in the back. So I got six bedrooms and four bathrooms. So now you got six bedrooms, four baths. That's 2,130 square feet, okay? Because it's considered a single-family house, single-family residence that is a two-on-a-lot, but you can't call it a duplex because duplex are rated as an income property. Single-family houses with two on a lot where you have the guest house in the back is not an income property. So when they're doing the appraisal on it, they're not using the income approach as, as they would with a duplex, triplex, or four-unit property. They're using the, the, the comps comparables to other single families in the area. Your single-family house cannot compare to a duplex at all or a triplex. It can only compare to another single-family house. So let's say you have a house down the street or around the corner that has six bedrooms and four bathrooms, but it's only one house. Well, that's what you have to compare it to. You don't get any more credit for it being two separate houses because it's considered a guest house in the back, and you have to combine the two square feet together or number, with the number of bedrooms together because it's considered a single-family residence versus a duplex. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so then if it is a duplex, do you do comps different? Yes. Yeah, so well, oh, absolutely. If it's a duplex, you cannot use single-family comps. You cannot use single-family comps. You can only use duplexes as comparable sales. And, 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 I, and I've gone through this. I, I just experienced it just with a deal that we're in right now. You know, we got two, one's a brand new, new constructed, brand new house that we built from the ground up. The one house in the front, we gutted it and rehabbed it and fixed it up and added a bathroom so it made it a, instead of a 3-1, we made it a 3-2. But it's two beautiful houses that's over 1,000 square feet, right? But we can only use comps of other single-family houses. Even though I have a duplex next door, 
on one side and another duplex door across the street, I can't use those comps. Even though they're higher comps and it's two units, I cannot use those according to the appraisers and the underwriters at the bank. So when I'm selling the house to a retail buyer, they can only use the comps for a single family. Okay? So those are the things that we have to check and know walking into the front door. Because if you evaluate it the wrong way, you think, man, I can show this thing up two on a lot. I can sell it like a duplex. And all of a sudden, your, your valuation is off by $100,000. And all of a sudden, the deal that looked like a great deal is no longer a deal at all, and you're actually going to lose money. And so you want to make sure you're not positioning yourself where you're going to lose money in these type of deals because if you don't pay attention to the little things, the big thing's going to turn to a big problem later on. That makes so sense? Then if, yeah, so then if you have an, an ADU, um, will you run into problems if you're making it an income property? No. So here's the key. Here's the catch with the ADU. If I'm a landlord and I'm looking for income property, the ADU is a perfect scenario. However, if I'm a homeowner trying to qualify to get that house that's an ADU in the back as income property, so I want to use the income from that ADU to give me uh, income for qualifying for my mortgage, they won't allow it. They will not allow it. The bank's will not allow, at least at this stage of the game, an ADU as uh, an income property when you're trying to qualify for a loan. Now, if you had a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex, they will count the income from the rents from those other units as an income property to qualify you for the loan. They'll give you 75% credit of the income that you get from the rents from the other units that are actual duplexes, triplex, fourplex, right? They'll allow you to qualify for your loan with that, but on an ADU, on a single-family house, they will not. So where, where, do you, where do you list it as it's, I mean, how do you get it um, labeled duplex or ADU? Where's that done? Well, you basically call it, you call it a single-family house with an ADU or a guest house in the back, and you can talk about how, you, in, in the comments, in the comments now, you can talk about how it would be a great income property for a landlord, but the, le- the lenders and the real estate agents know that the buyer cannot qualify it as an uh, income property when they're trying to use the income from the rent there because the banks will not allow it. But as a homeowner, and you're thinking, well, I can live in the front and rent out the back, I can do that. Even if I don't rent out the front, live, live and rent out, rent, out, rent out the, maybe if I want to rent them both out, I still, if let's say I'm using it as an investment property, okay, I have to put, typically it's investment property about 20% down, right? I still can't use the income from that to qualify for the loan, okay? Yes, but I'm asking how do you, how do you get it labeled as a duplex so that you can? You can't. You can't. You cannot call it a duplex at all because now all of a sudden you, you're violating the law uh, uh, because you, it, we know what it is in reality, but you can't call it that legally because if it says it's a single family, and the way you're going to do that, if you want to change it, that means you've got to go to, the, to the, uh, the building, the safety department, and go through zoning and planning and have them change it for you. You have to have them oh, change okay. it for you. That's what I was wondering. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can change it, but it's going to cost you, cost you big too. And it ain't worth paying the fee to call, to call it a name when you're going to actually 
still receive income as if it is. So if you're okay, selling so it... the time to do that would be on building. Yes, yes. If you're, let's say, right. like in our case, we had one house in the front and one house in the back. I made a decision that I was going to do the ADU because when you do the ADU, you're not restricted to parking. Parking requirements that are required for a duplex is more uh, restrictive than it is for an ADU. You're required uh, to have two covered parking spaces for both units on a duplex. But for an ADU, the parking restriction goes away. So you don't have to have any covered parking, rather it's a covered garage or a carport. As long as you're within a half a mile of a bus stop or public transportation, you're not required to have a covered parking, which means you get a bigger unit with livable space that can count towards, uh, you know, living space and count higher towards your, your footprint. Wonderful, yes, because I just had a property where it had space for adding another unit, and I talked to the building department, and so that, that really helped me to know that you can do it without adding uh, more parking space if you do it with an ADU. Great. Absolutely. Thank you it, so made, it made so much sense. It was not even funny. I saved money that I didn't have to build another 500-square-foot structure to have a covered parking space, and I was able to use the driveway as a designated parking, right, because you got to drive from the front to get to the back. Right, right. Yeah. And whatever garage that was there before, you can make it disappear and turn it into a unit, and all of a sudden now you got cash flow. I've been mastering the art of doing ADUs for two years now. I'm probably one of the nation's experts on ADUs, especially here in Southern California. You couldn't be talking to the most right person at this right time. There's nobody in Southern California doing it the way I am doing it right now, and I'm killing them. I'm killing them all the way to the bank. Matter of fact, our deal is closing on this, I think, our fifth one we've done uh, this week. Uh, it's already been already appraised at a higher value that we were even selling it for. We're selling the property for $10,000 above what we were initially listed for. So we, we, we appreciate all that. I mean, one house we sold for 126000 above what we listed it for. So I know ADUs are the cat's meow right now here in Southern California, and nobody's doing it better than me. Matter of fact, I, was gonna, I did a podcast with Ron LeGrand on ADUs recently, and I think we're going to put something else out there soon. So look out for that coming to the Gold Club soon enough. Wonderful. I hope that's helped. Yes, I, I didn't get your name at the beginning. Uh, my name is Alton Jones. I'm one of Ron Legan's mentors since about 2013. And uh, I'm here in Southern California kicking butt and taking names. Yes, I remember you from Quick Start. Thank you so there much. There you Alton. go. All right. Well, it's a pleasure talking with you. I hope that worked out for you. And go get it, man. Right now is the right time. This is the best time to add value to properties that people don't understand that they can get because you already own the land, you already own the real estate, just add a little bit more to it, and all of a sudden you can increase the values by 100000 plus uh, per deal. You know, I, I, may I ask another question? Sure. Um, so there's been a lot of wildfires here, like, like in California, and mm -hmm. so I've been told that a lot of people are taking the, the money that they get the settlement and just selling their property that's burned. Um, is is there is it easy to build new on these burned properties? Well, you know, it, it's I won't say it's easy. I don't think anything when it comes to building is easy. But you have to look at the opportunity. When people are running away, you need to run towards it. But you got to see what is the overall projection for that community to rebuild. 
That's the key thing. People are going to rebuild no matter what in most cases, but there's sometimes some places, some communities are not going to rebuild. So right now, like up there in the wine, the wine community in Napa, they're having issues. Some people are deciding they're not, they're not going to rebuild. There's some places they are going to rebuild. So it's all relatives. You just got to go out and I would look at the planning and zoning departments for each of those towns and what is their next 10 years, 15 years outlook on their city and find out where is, where is everything going to go. How is, it, is it going towards multifamily development? Are they going to manufacturing development? Or what are they going to do? Research it and then position yourself. Educate yourself. Stay plugged in. Keep your ear on the ground and watch out for opportunities because this is going to be, even though 2020 has been kind of rough around the edges with a lot of people with COVID and everything, I'm telling you, people right now in this market will become wealthy despite what's going on. Our business is up. This year we'll make close to a million dollars despite most of the companies being shut down, okay? We're killing it. Our students out here are killing it and doing deals left and right. I got two other major projects I'm in the middle of right now. One by itself would generate over $400,000 in revenue in the next two months once we sell the property. Just one property. So I'm telling you, sometimes you just have to educate yourself and position yourself and get ready, and opportunities are going to arrive. So if you see sellers out there that look like, hey, I need to get rid of this house. My insurance company paid me off. I'm ready to sell. Let me get out of this house. I'll sell it to you for 30 cents on a dollar. Great. Jump on it. That might be an opportunity. Even if you hang on to a bunch of property and say, you know what, I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to wholesale it. You know, keep it for a minute and then wholesale it. There's opportunities out there. You just got to position yourself. All right? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. I hope that helped. Thank you so much. Yes, it was great. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm going to get to the next caller now. You have a great one. Be safe. Thank you. All right. Alton Jones here. Who's on the call? Hello. Hi. It's Glenn here. Danielle? Hello. What's your name again? Glenn. Danny? Glenn. G-L-E-N. Oh, okay. Where are you from? <laughs> from the UK. You're from the UK? You, you hail all the way from the UK. Can you believe that? Look at that. It's got to be like morning time over there now, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been, I, I thought I was first in the queue, but I made a mistake, so I'm really, really tired. But <laughs> well, we're going to ask. You didn't send a worksheet in, right? I did. I sent in, well, the three, um, three, but they're all, it's just one deal, supposedly, but they're oh. three houses. I didn't get anything. Hold on a second. Okay. What is, what's your last name? Uh, Harris. Oh, yeah, I got you right here. Now I got you. I got you, sister. I got you right here. <laughs> now, the problem is part of it got cut off, so I couldn't read the bottom part of your deal here. You have this. Okay. Um, um, let me see here. I'm trying to read it here. Where are these properties at? Well, um, some of, let me see. Uh, they're in Florida, um, Jacksonville. Florida, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, okay, shall I go through? Yeah, because you know what? We, we might never have time to go through all of them, but I'm looking at some of them, like one says 100, I don't know if the comps got comps, 255,000. But it doesn't tell me they, the addresses or anything like that. No, the address is on the other side. It's Claire Terrace, this first one here. Yeah. It says address, Claire, Claire Terrace, Jacksonville. Okay. I'll just quickly tell you, 
the one to two asking two fifty five and uh, the comp show is about two hundred and eight to two ten. Um, the rent uh, they want was uh, sorry is one one six seven, but the comps show that it's one one three two. Um, it's a two bed one bath, um, eight hundred and ninety six square feet, but the lot is quite big with eight thousand um, four hundred square feet. Uh, the owner is an investor himself. Um, the uh, what the lot? Let me see. Uh, the mortgage is actually with a private lender at 5%. There's 27 years on it. Um, and the house is in an LLC, which he said he's willing to transfer. Mm -hmm. um, he needs to get out because um, his parents are ill, supposedly. He, if he does lease option, he'll go for 25 k down. Mm -hmm. If he goes for um, uh, seller finance, he goes for 40, 40 k down. Um, he's 62 years old. He said he's very motivated. There are tenants in there. Um, one is leave this one is leaving in January. That's 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 just one of them. Um, I'll just quickly tell you that the second one. Um, this one is a three bed two bath. Uh, asking two ten. The comp show one seven five to one eight nine. Mm. Um, the rent is one three three seven. Um, he's uh, the comps for the rent are showing at one two one nine. Um, the lot, um, sorry, the the square footage is two thousand one hundred and seventeen. Um, the the lot is again a bit big, nine thousand one hundred and forty eight. Um, it's going to be free and clear in twelve and a half years. Um, this one again has a private lender mortgage at seven percent. Um, and again, same thing, 25,000 down um, if lease option. If not, then um, 40K. Large deposits, 10,000, because they're actually just renting rather than tenants, it seems, the tenant buyers. Um, lease option, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the third one, just quickly, is this one. Again, he's asking for 210. The comps are showing it's two one uh two 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 hundred and one to two hundred and two. Uh the rent is uh one oh five nine. The comps for the rent is one oh four five. Uh the it's three bedrooms, two baths, uh one thousand three hundred and twenty five square feet. Uh then but the lot is not point two three square feet. Um this one He's, this one he has actually in his own personal name um, and uh, same thing 25 down for lease option and for owner finance 40 uh, he has a mortgage left oh I didn't tell you about all the mortgages left all of them got um, mortgages on them this one um, the, the has private lending on it uh, but and this one will be need a new refinance it runs out in i think august 21 or 22 um yes yeah. but all of them together bring out 400 no 4800 a month and that's what he's saying at the minute basically okay yes. give me those numbers 4800 a month uh which one oh the last one Oh, uh, this is from this is the rent for all of them. What's bringing in is four thousand eight hundred a month. 
on all the properties. Yeah. But, he, um, but, but that's a monthly payment he wants, right? <laughs> For all of them. No, 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 no. That's what he, well, that's, that's what he, he, he brings in a month. Oh, okay. That's what he, that's what he Supposedly, brings. That's what he says profit. That's what he says here. Anyway. Okay, so but, he gets a profit of eight four thousand eight hundred a month. That's what it brings in. Okay. That's that's what it says, but I mean I don't know. Yeah, but I mean he told me that he literally when he's paid the 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 taxes and the insurance, he's actually just about breaking even, um, uh, and he just wants to sort of out now. But I'm just thinking, well, you see, all of them are tenanted, and all of them are long-standing tenants. They're um. Uh, good solid tenants, and you know, one has a ten thousand deposit, one has a three thousand, one has a four thousand right. deposit. You know, so I, I I don't know what to to say really. You know what I mean? In the sense that it's like I don't know whether it's one of those walk gotta, away. You got because... to tell him to wake up. That's the first thing you would do. <laughs> you got to tell him to wake really? up. He's in he's in Disneyland. He's in Fantasyland right now. Okay, he's definitely mm-hmm. in Fantasyland. The numbers are off the chart. I mean, this is this is a part of making somebody else's problem your problem. Your problem. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely a problem. Breaking even. And so, because here's the deal: you got a live one on the wire right now. Is this a live fish? He's moving around. You don't know if it's a guppy or if you don't know if it's a big sea bass. And this guy's yes. acting like a seller when he needs to sell because I understand. You know, he's got a family problem that somebody's sick, and I understand that. But the bottom line mm-hmm. is he's trying to get all the gusto out of this thing. He's got a 25 – he wants 25 grand minimum uh, as on a lease option, right? That's 75000 mm-hmm. for all three. Or That's he wants $40,000 if he owner finances it. And how is he going to owner finances it? He can't owner finance it. Why? Because he already has a loan on it. What's he going to owner finance? He's already got a loan on it with the private lender. Why is the private lender going to take you on? If anything, you take over debt subject two, okay, right, the subject two, because he's already got a loan, right, on it, mm-hmm. and he just wants out of the loan. He wants to be out of the deal, right? So, yes, yes. And, 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 but here's the problem with owner financing, I mean, uh, not owner financing, but with uh, subject two. When mm-hmm. you're dealing with subject two, okay, taking over debt subject two, there's a problem, especially when you're dealing with a private lender, or hard money lender, or even a traditional okay. lender. But it's right. all about the do upon sale clause. When you do yes, upon so sale, yeah. figure that. And guarantee you the private lender is going to get alerted, and it's not going to say, you did what? You sold a house? Who to who? Because they're going to think, uh, I, I don't know that person. I, I, yeah. Why would why, why, you do that for? And now every loan typically has a do upon sale clause. And yes, they wouldn't yes, force that yes. clause, which means you gave him $40,000, and now the, mm. the real owners of the property, which is the private mm. lender, are going to come foreclose mm. on you. Now, you've given him, yeah. if you mm. financed it, you've given him 40000 times three. Let's say you did that to $120,000, which you ain't going to do. Yeah. But even, mm-hmm. if it's, even if you brought in a legitimate end buyer, okay, a retail, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an end buyer, right, Mm. You bought your end buyer, and the end buyer gave you, let's say they gave you 60000 and you gave mm. the other guy 30000 and you got 20000 mm. per deal. Mm. You made money, but you, what you just created was a legal situation where now they're going to come after you, they're going to come after the seller, and everybody got to get, and it's going to cause all kind of litigation. 
I just see all kind of wrong things wrong with this thing here. Uh, number one, the monthly payment don't cover, I mean, the rents don't cover the monthly payment at all, right? The, the, the price that he's asking to sell to you for don't cover what the real true value is, and that's just doing a curse view of it. And sometimes you just got to say, I see he's got a lot of stuff here, and he's putting a lot of fluff in front of you. It's like a purple haze. That's in front of you. Yes. I, and you yeah, were, I have to go back several times, yeah. Right. You're excited about the deal because this is your first deal. Uh, maybe it's your second deal, but you got all three deals. This guy's telling you this and telling you that, and really, mm-hmm. nothing. It's, it's air. It's, it's air. He said, he said he had two, the, um, two of them were in LLCs, and he can actually trans, transfer that over. I don't know. I don't understand really how you transfer LLCs no. and... Does it make any difference? Uh, where are you, you, but you're in the UK. Do you have a partner in Florida? Uh, no, I have. Um, well, I'm looking for more boots on the ground, really. I have lots of different ones, but, I mean, until I get a deal, really, you know, they won't really be solid, you know what I mean? So. What part of Florida is this? What city of Florida is this in? Uh, this one is in Jackson. This one is in Jacksonville. You need to be calling Ron Grand on this thing, but here's the deal. I don't think Ron LeGrand would even look at this deal because it is so tight. We don't because he's asking for certain things that just don't make sense. Let me tell you something. Jacksonville mm-hmm. is a hot market. You got a lot of people like Ron LeGrand, uh, Cameron Gaskill. You got a whole bunch of, of us out there. I mean, think about mm-hmm. it. Jacksonville yeah. is Ron LeGrand's headquarters to the pretty house business. If, yeah. if this deal was such a deal, he probably would have seen it by now. I've almost yeah. pressed he would have seen it by now. How did you find this deal? Did it come through Gold Club or did it come through the VA? No, I just went onto Craigslist and uh-huh. you know what I mean. I just, you know, I just write. Do you want a lease option or own finance? And uh, they and I get so many, but you know, obviously with my inexperience, sometimes I, and not having you know the boots on the ground always stumps me, and I always get to the edge, and then it just. You well, know, I can <laughs> almost tell you this guy's probably talked to somebody are several people in Jacksonville that does the pretty house business because I know there's a bunch of them out there, some of them on this call right now. Um, mm-hmm. Got a relationship because you've already talked to this guy. you gathered a lot of information from him. I would go back and renegotiate with him because his price is too high and he needs to cut it. Mm-hmm. And he's asking way too much on those terms. And it looks like he's got to make a move by overnight. This, this guy sounds like he's got to be out of town by sundown. So he wants to do something pretty quick. But the way he's doing it, um, the fact oh. that you're not there, you don't have eyes on and boots on the ground, you probably should mm-hmm. think about maybe partnering with somebody uh, out there in Florida, Jacksonville, to be able to make this thing work. If you can get him to get his oh, price yeah. down, then I probably would suggest that you've got to get some real hard, fine numbers because uh, obviously, you know, Ron LeGrand uh, likes to partner with students on these things, but it's mm-hmm. got to make sense because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So you have to look at that perspective. And uh, I think it could be something here, but right now he sold a lot of crap at you because he wants what he wants, and he probably sensed that you might be new at this. And he can throw anything at you because you're entertaining him by listening to him. But I would say the best you can do for yourself is do one thing. Ask Mm -hmm. questions. Ask questions. Okay? But mm-hmm. you need to know how to ask the right question, okay? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. how to overcome the objection. 
and stick to the script that Ron Legrand has at the Gold Club. I mean, not the Gold Club, but at the uh, at the Quick Start yeah. Manual. There's questions on yeah. how to close these guys. Okay, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna um, smoke them out. You will smoke him out by asking certain questions. He's going to realize, this girl, she's savvy. She knows what he's talking about. I can't get nothing over on her. And so that's what you have to look at. Don't expect that this guy is going to give you the truth, everything that's going on, okay? I know. Got, I know. What's going to happen with the people who are living in the house? Where are they going to go? Where well, they, they, actually want to, they actually want to stay. And their, um, uh, their tenancies are one's up in uh, January uh, next year, and then next year also two of them are up in March. But it's the private lenders that got the, what really got me thinking, and I just felt like, mm, you know, the due on sale, and I thought, how do I know that, you know what I mean, the one that needs refinancing? No, it's when you transfer the title. However, if you do a lease option, the title doesn't transfer. It's just irrelevant to the, the private lender because if you're doing a lease option, title's not transferred, so their, their loan is in place. But how do you make sure that the loan gets paid? Are you going to trust him to pay the loan, or are you going to make sure that you're getting the loan paid for in his name? And see, private lenders, they, they may have time to look at their check of who, who's sending them a check, but all of a sudden the check that he was sending him is no longer in his name. It's now in your name. Uh, yeah. Happen, right what happened here? Why are, we, why are so-and-so paying us and not you? So, yes, yeah. that's a yeah. problem with the private lender. But what's, to me, more of a problem is how do you acquire these assets, these assets, and the tenants are still there, and all of a sudden, who do you resell to? Who's going to give you $25,000 yeah, well, or $30,000 well, down? That, if that, was my, that was my thing. The only, I think the thing that got me was it was like for 30, you, you had it for 30 years. There's just, well, 27 years left on one of them on the term. And right. then another one was 12 and a half years until it's free and clear. He said he was after the appreciation rather than the, the rental, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Oh, smoke up and your fanny. He's he blowing he needs cash. your fanny. He don't know what he's talking about. He's trying to, he try to, he try to get you all trapped into something. You know, sometimes okay. you got to take a step back and look at this thing from a 30,000-foot view in the air and then bounce it off yeah. one of your mentors, bounce it off, and, and maybe one of the, the forms that we have here. But I, I yeah. just... If you're out there in the U.K. and you're going to be doing deals in Florida, you need to have some boots on the ground. You need to build relationships with people who, who are out in Jacksonville, Florida, if that's the place yeah. you want to do business with. And there's plenty of them out there. There's a bunch of cats. My, some of my students are out there in Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> and they're looking for somebody who can work with them. And that might oh, be a wow. best. Okay. If they can go take a look at it, put eyes on, they can say, oh, no, this this." This is a horrible deal. This deal is terrible. You don't want this deal. This deal's over in the ghetto. You know, you got to have a yes, bunch yeah. going in this neighborhood. And so some deals are some deals that you just don't want to do. So I hope that's yeah, helped. Right. I don't much here unless you go back and renegotiate. But remember, you got tenants that's in the house, and you got yes. that have control over the deal. And yes, rather you do it or not, right. tenants are going to stop you from being able to get a tenant buyer in there, even if they say, oh, I'm moving out in February. But you can't buy this house until they actually move out. So if you can structure a contract, a contract of the deal going through, subject to the tenant moving out, and when they move out, that's when the deal closes. But you don't want to take control over this deal with any tenant inside there. Because right now, yeah. ain't nobody going to kick nobody out of a house, even for non-payment of rent. And I bet you believe you yeah. should ask them. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. On their rent. That's what you ask them. You're right. Tenant current on the rent and show me the record. 
I want to see the record that they're paying their rent yeah. currently because they can't kick them out right now because of COVID. So think about that. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, new, it's a new world since COVID started. So just be careful about that. I so, know. Thank you. I just want to ask one quick, tiny question. You know, okay, private lenders, um, private lenders, um, because uh, I have a lot of deals have come, you know what I mean, um, my way. And sometimes, obviously, you, you know, uh, you want to close something quickly and, you, you know, it might be, you know, you, you, that 10 grand or something is, is, is good to be able to close that deal quickly. But um, it seems like sometimes it's like private money is what you need to just move things really quickly, you know what I mean? And, I, I, and yes, obviously, you know, I know Ron's taught us to do it that way, but just in some cases, um, it's like if you can't put down things, some, uh, some, sometimes put something quickly down and then, you know, get on with the deal, then it's like, or get the contract. Then sometimes it's like, because I don't have the private money, you know what I mean? Even just for a, a, a small, you know, 10,000 down or something like that, you know it's a good deal, then you, you can't really move. And I'm thinking, you know, how much so must we depend on private money um, when we're doing this? And where are the private money lenders? And are they so going to lend to me without a social security number? Develop your private lenders list. Now, you're a Gold Club member, otherwise you wouldn't be on this call. So on Gold Club, yeah. Ron Legrand has a private lenders uh, uh, system that you can actually start building up your website to attract private lenders. Okay, he has mm -hmm. a training on it, mm -hmm. a small training on private lending. But if you go on the Gold Club, there's a system in there that allows you to build a private lenders website or, or site for you to be able to reach out to people. Um, there are private lenders out there that you don't even know are private lenders because you have not yeah. asked. And a closed mouth yeah. don't hit. Okay, and so in order <laughs> to get some money, you got to open your mouth. And, and there's somebody you probably walked past this weekend that has money, but they don't know what you do. You know why? Because most of us on this call are what I call our secret agents, and we don't want to tell people what we do because we might be embarrassed about what they may think of us or what we do. Yeah. So, so I would say it's all about your ego. Drop the E mm. and just go, okay? That's what you have to do. Drop the E and just go. So all you got to do is make a list. Take out a little legal sheet of paper and just start writing names down. And don't discriminate if, they, if you think they got money or don't. It doesn't matter. Because even if they don't have money, they may know somebody else who have money. So make a list of 100 people that you know. Write the names down. Then next to the names, write the email down, all right, so you mm -hmm. can email them. Or then write the phone number down. So name, email, right, phone number. Mm -hmm. Then... You're going to say, okay, well, what did this person do? What, football coach, school teacher, policeman, fireman, you know, uh, accountant. You know, these are all oh. people. You may think, okay, then you could draft a little letter or a little message to them, and you send out to them. Uh -huh. Rick, this is Betty. I'm over here in the uh, <laughs> U.K. right now, but I'm doing some business in Florida, my new business, and we're looking for yeah. private lenders. Have you thought about becoming a private lender? Oh, really? Let me show you how it works. And boom, boom, boom. You got time for a cup of coffee. I can sit down with you and go over to some details. You know, who do you know that's, that's got money in a savings account that's not getting a high return safely? Something like that. Yeah, because Believe I, me, because all I, those I looked, you've got this information uh -huh. right there that's available for you. Because I looked at um, Jay Connor's um, course, and, I, and um, uh, I, I wasn't able to get on it because of the financing. Because I was thinking, well, surely that it's a, a vehicle where he's, you're able to get um, yeah. uh, private lending through himself. I think it's that, that's the way it works. Am I right or wrong? I don't know. 
soon, but you know, it also Ron's got that on. If you're developing your private lenders uh, program, Ron has it on his website on the, on the Gold Club website. All you got to do is rub the magic lamp, and the genie will pop out. I promise you, the genie will pop out. Most of you people, I can carry tell you, uh, probably ninety percent of the people, maybe let's just say eighty percent of the people that's on this call right now have not rubbed that magic lamp of private lending that's on the Gold Club website. Why? Because they think, oh, I got too much to do, or I'm not ready for that, or I'm not doing rehab. Folks, it's a gift that keeps giving. A closed mouth don't get All you got to do is rub that magic lamp and let people know what you're doing, and all of a sudden everyone's going to come watch you burn. But but do we have a is, is it a system where like I think like Jay Connors I'm not sure but where you, you know because uh, Jay Connor would be the center of influence then um, and he, and you you present your deals to him and he presents your de- your 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 deals or you get the the funding through his name is anything right. like that well well that that's not quite how this deal works with Ron you don't have to do that that's just one way of doing it but that's not the only way yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But investigate it all. Investigate it all. It's better to have more than to have none. And right now you've got one you ain't using, so you might as well play with one, get good at that one first, and then move on to another one to add to what you currently do. That makes sense? Okay. Yes. I'm with you. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. I really wish. Absolutely. You're very welcome. I've always. I've always listened to you, and I, I just I thought, who is this guy? You know what I mean? And I thought, oh, let me, oh, it's Alton. You know what I mean? I thought, yes! That's right. Alton Jones, <laughs> 10 foot tall and bulletproof, by the way. Bulletproof, yes, I know. Bulletproof, definitely. Right. <laughs> Thank you so All right. much for your inspiration. I'll see you at the Thank top you. because the bottom is too crowded. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. okay. Bye. Right. Thank you. All right. Sorry about that, folks. Who's that in Indianapolis? Oh, no, Atlanta, Georgia. Who's there? Uh, that's Sir Justice. How you doing? Uh, what you name, Justice? Yeah, Sir Justice, yeah. You said Justice, think, right? Like in the yeah, law? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no justice, no J-U-S- peace? J-U-S-T-U-S. <laughs> and you right. from Atlanta, yes, Georgia? Or are they around yeah, I think I, I think we met at Jay's event. I'm not sure. There's um a female from Louisiana. Actually, she was from California, but she was in the back seat with me. I think you were in the front with another gentleman. We drove and see in the car. I think it's you. Uh, your voice sounds familiar. What was this at? Jay's event back in, uh, I think he's in Moorhead, Moorhead, South Carolina. I ain't been to Moorhead City. Moorhead City, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't been out there yet. Jay has actually come okay. out to my events in California, but no, I haven't been out to Moorhead City. Uh, usually I okay, try to watch enough. hurricanes because I know hurricanes kind of scoot his way from time to time. Uh, so yeah. yeah, but no, I haven't been out there, but yeah. All right, awesome, awesome, awesome. Just another guy you reminded me of. But anyway, um, I've been looking at doing a commercial deal. So is this call open for commercial deals? Uh, not really. We don't do commercial on this this call because it's mostly just a pretty house. So I I don't have that experience in commercial to be able to uh, uh give you uh, a good. Thing. But you know what? You could probably send a message out on the Gold Club form and send an email mm-hmm. out, message on commercial. But what, go ahead and ask your question anyway. Maybe it's a simple question. Well, it's just dealing with most our family, but I'll go ahead and skip to the pretty houses. Okay. Because um, I did look at a pretty house, and I was looking at a guy he wanted um, about 
he wanted eighty thousand down so he could move into a new property. It wasn't realistic for me. The house was about four forty nine and the situation was um he had a twenty five hundred dollar you know, he, he said he can work on the monthly payments, but he wanted twenty five hundred. He's saying basically that's what it would cost on a month to month basis. But the house is four hundred forty nine thousand and I, I he did consider a lease option, but you know, to put down that type of money, eighty thousand, I didn't. You said eighty thousand. That was necessary. He wanted eighty thousand. Yeah, okay. because basically what took place is that they put eighty thousand. I found out when I did the research, they put eighty thousand into the property, and then now they're trying to get that eighty thousand that they put into the property. They right. realized they took a loss, they cut it, but they bought it more than what it's worth. Right. So basically so now, when they put it on the market, and the, and yeah, the market probably does does not support four forty eight, does it? It didn't. It's actually below. They're just trying to recoup the money back, and really, uh, they bought it, you know, like ten thousand below what they're trying to sell it for. Yeah, those, those are quick they, calls. They bought it. They bought it. They bought it over the price. It was yeah, not those, even are, those are very calls for me. That's all about next. Yeah. Next, move along. <laughs> that's, that's you can't waste any more. So brain matter on that. You just move along because. They they don't they don't got holes. They now they want to make their problem your problem, and we already said you can't let that happen. So you can yeah. you say hey uh, I feel bad for you. I can't. This is not this is not the deal for us. I, I wish you the best of luck. Maybe I'll check back with you in a few months when they come to. But the they extent. want to move. Yeah, that's all they could do because basically yeah. it's just a lease option or yeah. just you know they just want to take the you loss. Can't, and, you can't help everybody, but you ain't trying yeah, to give them can. a seminar either. No. Yeah. So yeah. all I can say is uh, all you can do is all you can do, and you can't do no more than all you can do because all you can do is enough. And you got yeah. you got you got about fifty more calls to make than that one call there. And it may sound good, but it isn't good. What sounds good sometimes isn't good for you. And like I said earlier, some of the best deals you can do is the deals that you never did. Okay, and you yeah. walked away, That's right. but you don't want that mental frustration. In your in your household, because it, it could cause a lot of calamity, uh, doing punching the ticket on the wrong deal. And Ron Legrand has told me, Alton, if you don't write big checks, you can't lose big checks. That's why we always put up ten dollars as earnest money deposit, not eighty thousand dollars. Okay? If I had somebody want me to give eighty thousand dollars, and I'm like, man, where's the candid camera at? Because this is crazy. I don't put eighty thousand dollars on deals. The deal that I made $800,000 on, the guy sold us the property online. We only put $10 as earnest money deposit on a $570,000 purchase because we dealt directly with the owner who lived in Hawaii, and he only used his P.O. box. And it's almost like this guy was sending up a carrier, a carrier pigeon to get messages in and out of Hawaii. He checked his mail once a week, and that was it. But the good news is that's not how things are right now, but uh, there's a lot of deals out there. You just got to keep your eyes wide open, and when an opportunity comes up, you got to be able to seize the moment. Now, you did $10 on a, on, on a $575,000 house. Yep, $10. Now, this was, a pur- this was a purchase. This was a purchase. Purchase. $10. One, two, three, I four, guess five, he two, wasn't nine. in debt. I guess he wasn't hurting for nothing. No, and he paid ten thousand of the closing costs on my behalf. Yeah, he wasn't hurt. He wasn't no. hurt. When he you do what you say you're gonna do, sometimes that's just enough to get people what you so you, you under promise and over deliver. I told him I'd buy this house at a certain price and I'll close in this time. And I closed on time the way he thought I was gonna close 
And he goes, and I went to go to my escrow and say, hey, I need to know what it's going to cost me to do my closing costs. What is that? And the lady goes, oh, the seller took care of that for you already. I had to do mm-hmm. with me. Yeah. I was like, what? Say what? He paid for yeah. it because you were able to do what, what other people would not do, and that was close. We closed the deal. He got his money, and him and his wife are off in Hawaii living a great life. Good deal, good deal, good deal. Well, sorry I couldn't help you with the commercial, but I hope that's helped you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a, a different perspective how to look at your customer. Yeah. Don't look at them all the same. Thank you. Always remember, he or she who asks the questions are in control of the conversation. Would you agree? You're right about that. I just asked you a you question to control the conversation. Yeah. So all you got to yeah. do is control the conversation by asking questions because if I say it, okay, if I say it, you'll doubt it. But if you say it, it must be true, okay? So I want you as a seller to talk, 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 because the more you talk, that means I win. Because most sellers gotcha. don't want to deal with you anyway. They want to get off the phone right away. But if that seller is talking, talking, talking because I'm asking, 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 asking is not telling is not selling. Asking is. So if you ask the questions, you write the right questions, you're going to move yourself into a decision that's not only good for you but also good for them. Your job is to create win-win situation. In other words, like Ron LeGrand said, your job is to make decisions. So let's make decisions and ask the right questions and get more deals done. And I guess the best way to ask the right questions is to keep studying people that Absolutely. ask the questions. Practice drill and rehearse. When, even when you don't want to, that's when you need to do it the most. You gotcha. are going to be told no more times than anybody else in your business. It's by, by, by you failing doesn't mean you fail. You fail to move forward to learn from things that you either shouldn't have said or said another way or said a better way, and you practice drill and rehearse. You've got to get great at the scripts. Okay, remember, Denzel Washington and Halle Berry became Academy Award-winning actors because they read somebody else's words. They read somebody else's words, and they acted it out because they were trained professionals to go out and win. They didn't go out purposely to go win Academy Award, but because they put on Academy Award performance, because they read somebody else's words. All we're trying to do is read the great Ron LeGrand's words on a script that's in the Quick Start Training Manual, and you make it become reflective where it's like wax on, wax off, and you make it, you, matter of fact, you, you read the words so much that you have dreams about the words. And if somebody <laughs> throws an objection at you, boom, and then you come up with the, the uh, objection handler instantaneously without reading the card, sound like you're reading. Eventually, the first time you're, you're reading, it doesn't sound like you're reading. But eventually, when you get great at doing it, it becomes reflective. It's like having a conversation with your, your spouse, your girlfriend, your kid. It's reflective. All automatic, when our kids ask us a question, we say what? No. <laughs> I tell my kids no all the time. But yeah. then they go back and say, oh, well, maybe yeah. But sometimes you just have to get, you know, and that's basically just practice, drill and rehearse on it. And I think everything's going to be all right. So don't be afraid of that 500-pound phone because a seller who's about 85 pounds and five foot nothing are going to tell you no. Oh, they all not an issue. It's just, 90 yeah, plus people not, yeah. tell you no. Just get over yeah, it. Fear. Yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. It's just right. the, the ability to actually be on guard with the next question. They tell you this, you I go. got another question. I got this, I got that. So it's the ammunition. That's, that's where sometimes I'll slow down that and get something. I'm like, okay, all right. Now that we see. So... And just uh, keep, keep um, at it until 
I master the uh, objections and mm-hmm. get the questions where they need to bring me what I want. Yep, yeah. Well, I got a couple right. more calls before we get ready to end this. I know I've been on here Thank almost so much. 25 minutes, but uh, I got about two more people on here. We'll try to get through that because they want me to stop it at, at 5.30. But uh, I'm, it's 5.30 where I'm at. It's probably 8.30 where you guys are if you're on the East Coast. But yep. I appreciate you out there in Atlanta. Watch out for that weather. And, hey, there's deals out there yep. in Atlanta. If you don't mess around and get some, I'm going to come out there and take them from you. Hey, man, I'll have to call you back on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll All see right. you at the top because the bottom is too crap. All right. All right. Next, who's there? I bet this is, uh, don't tell me, Anthony Walker. You're correct. There it is. Now, Anthony, I know I've been waiting for you. I wish you would have called in earlier because you got like four of these things here, but I'm not going to be able to get to all of them because of the time frame, and I got one more person behind you as well. But which one did you want to go over? I see you got a condo over here. I can tell you this one of these deals is definitely a no deal. And the one that's a no deal is the property in, uh, that's on uh, uh, 7434. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because that's the property that's already under contract. Oh, okay. That one's under contract. So that's definitely a no deal. Anytime you have a property under contract, and even though they say, well, I'm taking backup offers, don't waste your time with it. They ain't going to help you none. They ain't going to help you at all. Um, so we have another one here. We have uh, this one at, uh, okay, this one at 89.15, okay? You got that one? That's the one that's free and clear. Right. I've seen that one. Yeah. So they, they're saying it's a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath, 3,000 square feet, 3,030 square feet, uh, single-family residence. Now, this thing's got an association fee, so it's got $180 a month association fee. They say that they're asking $376,000, and they said the value will appraise at $376,000. So in essence, they want, a, they want full market price on this house, okay? So um, they say the house has been listed before on a for sale by owner uh, for two days, some, some site there. They want the estimate says the rents for twenty two hundred because they didn't have it on the front page. They got the comment in here, but uh, I don't know what these comp. Wait a minute, let me see here. I did pull something up. Give me a second here. Uh, here it is. This is actually a decent looking house, and the decent has got a big old giant Christmas tree in the front. Looks like a Christmas tree or pine tree. It's that yeah. greenhouse, right? Uh, nice no, patio. Actually- well, yeah, 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 it's a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a greenhouse. It's, it's it's pretty nice. I I think that's the one with the old guy who just said he wants to move. Right now, this house has been on a Zillow for 27 days. Okay, built in 1972, so it is pretty dated. Um, but he's done some upgrades over the years, some minor upgrades over the years. I see somewhat new, somewhat of a newer kitchen, but even with the newer kitchen, to me, it still needs updating. Um, uh, it's got a shower. It's got some woodwork in one of the bedrooms there. Or is that, no, that's the bathroom. It looks like a sauna or a bathroom or some kind of steam room or something like that. But uh, Zestimate says it's only valued at about 346000 okay? So I think he's still asking too much money for it. Uh, it's got a hot tub there, private hot tub room off the master bedroom, which is fine. It's got a sauna, private sauna deck. So it's got some benefits there, but... 
again, it's an old house, um, and he's trying to sell. Let's see. Well, it looks like the market is still going up over here, but but I don't think so because yeah, the market actually has it about like I said, three forty six, and he's got it at um, three three sixty seven. So he's well overpriced on this deal. And it looks like he, I don't know how long he's owned it, but it looks like he's owned it for since 2011 because he's been trying to set, sell it since then, but off and on. But he hasn't tried to sell it since 2011 other than in September of, uh, of, of last month. So um, the monthly rent is, again, it's about 2500 The estimate says 2494 on it. So what do you think you want to do with this? Because it's free and clear. Okay? And this is the part where in Indianapolis it snows. I'm mean, sorry, Indianapolis in the Indiana, it snows there, right? I'm going to assume it snows. I'm a California boy, right. so we yeah. don't get Yeah. Yeah, it snows. It I, snows actually, like... that was, I was just, uh, I just pulled those from Dreams. I haven't, I, I mean, I did look at that one, and, and I said it was a nice house. It's actually in a very nice area. Yeah, um, that area is pretty much already developed, but I live in Greenwood, so it's not as hot as you know where I live at. So it's a, it's, it's kind of a gated area from where yeah. I live at. So so what I'm so, looking at one, he's free and clear, but he's asking too much, and he's he's not only asking too much on the price of the house, but he's asking too much on the monthly, because if you can only get twenty five hundred a month in that area, according to Zillow uh, or rental meter, then who who's going to be the potential buyer? Yeah, what else exactly. said? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Right. Okay. This is what you got. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You got to have something if you want to <laughs> this house. So I was um, actually I was asking about a different property that has a second mortgage. Okay. Well, at least, at least that's all they have listed. Yeah, I, I actually did look at that one. Um, on, on Dreams, they have the comps, uh, the highest comps was uh, considering the size of the house was a half a mile away, and it was listed for 360 360 or 350 360 Yeah, so, I mean, it's still high. Mm-hmm. It's still high because, because if, you were the, if you were the acquired this property, what would you buy it at, and then what would you resell it for to a tenant buyer? Ideally, for me, I would want to buy it at three three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and and then sell it um, a little bit below, so like three thirty, three twenty five. More like three thirty nine nine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I think you. Were, and then, how much would you pay per month? Uh, I would at three hundred. That's where I was kind of confused that because I was like, well, what I would pay, you know, as far as what he wanted would, wouldn't be no more than 1700 but I would probably list it for $24. And perfect. Exactly where it is. That's exactly what you do. So that's the game plan. That's exactly what you do. Uh, are you going to give anything down? No, 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 no. This, this, this. I mean, free and clear, um, it, it would depend on what I can get out of the uh, buyer. Right, true. So now what do you tell the seller? So normally we give nothing down, Mr. Seller, 
But if you had to have something, what's the least you'll take? Right. See that, see that question right there? I think mm-hmm. I heard that in the script somewhere. Yeah, yeah. If you had to have something, what's the least you'll take? And whatever they say, I always do this. Ouch. You know, you hear that sigh, right? <laughs> right. You take the wind out of you take the wind out of the room, the air out of the room. You suck all the air in, like, aye, right? Like something mm-hmm. just something you just got like the bad case of the gout, you know? So <laughs> right. at the end of the day, you got to negotiate with this guy. I think you have the ability to negotiate with this guy, and here's what you do: you do the same thing on this person that's on this property on uh, Birchwood. And you do the same yep. thing on this condo, okay? The same That's scenario. That's the one I was going to ask about. That's the one I was mm-hmm. going to ask about, actually. <laughs> well, think about the condo association fee is 305000 a month. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, I yeah. looked at, and I looked at the condo. Hold on a second. Let me look at the picture real quick. I pulled these, I pulled these things up, man. I, don't, I, don't, I ain't slipping. This one, I got this right here. I looked at this joint. I was like, okay. All right, I'm looking at this joint. It's got a two-story uh, condo upstairs, downstairs. It looks a little congested. It's a big, it's a big condo, 1,365 square feet. Okay, it's got a little bit of a view, but it's still dated. It's got a lot of old factory built-in by builder, builders-grade type built-ins. So, so when I'm flipping a house, man, I funk it out. I customize everything. I don't put all that builders-grade stuff in here. But at the end of the day, for you, I mean, you know, you're trying to get in and out quick as you can. But here's the thing. This guy's only asking on this condo, one hundred eighty-nine thousand. Man, I got closing costs that cost one hundred eighty-nine thousand in California. <laughs> you know, so this might be a great deal to do. But the only problem I'm seeing right now on this one, Zestimate says it's only worth about three sixty. I'm sorry, one hundred sixty-eight thousand. I mean, one hundred sixty-three thousand. Mm-hmm. And the highest comp that they have over here is probably like one. 70. Okay, right. so he's asking too much. Right. He's been trying to I sell his that. house for, since 2017. Okay. So, Man, I need, to, I, I need where you getting, where you getting those prices. I need that website. <laughs> this is Zillow, bro. Zillow. Well, you got to go. I need to look at, I, I need to read through that a little bit better. Man, look, uh, when you, look, let me tell you something. This is your first year in the business, Right. Right. Your job is just to do everything a mentor tells you to do on these calls. I divorced opportunity to be able to say, I'll try to do it my way. I ain't Frank Sinatra, so I'm going to do it Ron LeGrand's way. I'm going to do everything he told me to do, and I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for broke. I'm going to drop my ego, and I'm going to just go. That's what I did. I learned all the systems, Zillow, uh, Redfin, and 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 I just... Use the training manual from Quick Start and just, I use that thing so much, I'm into probably 18 Quick Starts. Why? Because I needed to go. I wanted to get great at this stuff. Now I got a multi-million dollar business. That's all, and two of them. I got two multi-million dollar businesses that's worth. One that I started doing Pretty House and the other one that I do on information marketing where, where Ron LeGrand told me to go out there and teach people what you do because you know how to rehab houses. Well, guess what? That's what we do, and we hope that you do the same. Your job is to get good at this by hook or crook, 
and then go pay it forward and teach someone else how to do. That is how you're going to change the plight of your fellow man. Each one, teach okay. one. Right. And, yes, you will fail, but you're going to get back up and get back in the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I like this deal. I like the condo one. You just got to go back and renegotiate with him on price and have a heart-to-heart. I think all three of these deals could be a deal. The only one deal that's not a deal is the deal that we know that's already under contract. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I hope to see you with a big fat check on Gold Club on one of these three deals. You got three chances to get checks here. I mean, we're not right. talking about no little itty bitty check. Okay? So get that first check because you need to convince yourself that this thing works. And once you do, you got to hurry up and get another one. That makes yeah. sense? Yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Because i got to get to the next call, and I'm already over, man. They're going to be pulling my coat yep. off for a second, but I want to make sure well, I get it. it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, you be safe. Have a great week, and I'll see you at the top because the bottom is too crowded. Right. Okay. All right. Who's there? Yeah, Lori Stevens. I knew it was going to be Lori Stevens, but I wasn't sure if this if this was your you or or somebody else. So I was like, okay, Lori Stevens is here, but I didn't want to call you out because you could have been somebody else's wife, uh, and husband <laughs> may have been calling in. I don't know. No, it's me calling in. I have well, a question. Well, great. You don't have a um, in here, so question. you must have a question. I do. Okay. Um, the question I have is um, we're having to put my my mom and dad in a nursing home, and um, is there a way that I could take over or do a subject to on the prop- property to take it over and leave the mortgage in their name that Medicaid will not mess it up because we got they got to get help getting paid, um, having help with Medicaid for the nursing home. Okay, so let me just say this. Um, that's a very delicate subject there, and because they, how long have they owned this house? For two years, we moved them down from Maryland, and then yeah. my dad had a stroke about three months ago. Right, and they're on Medicare, right? They're on Medicare, but we'll have to have Medicaid step in, and I right. know Medicaid has a limit. And they have a, they have an asset. What's the how much they own a house and and not only that what's the value of the house? The house is on they owe about ninety six thousand on it. The value okay. probably about one hundred and twenty. Okay, so they don't have a lot of maybe equity, less equity. Um, and you know, I, I tell you, it's uh, it's tough when you have these conversations and you really need to have this conversation with your attorney. And not only just your attorney, your tax, your tax lawyer, or, or even a, or your CPA, because there's some issues regarding Medicare, Medicaid, and all that stuff when a person owns uh, real estate in their name and they have any kind of equity because they want you to spend every piece of dime that you have before they kick in any money, typically. Okay? Right. And it's sad because they want you to use your money first before they put in anything. And we know how those medical expenses can pile up on you. And they give right. you barely anything to live off of on a monthly basis. And by you switching it over to your name, not going to help, especially when they look back the last five years when the title was changed. Okay? So to change okay. the title now doesn't help to try to avoid something like that. I've seen people try to do it, and they get their hands slapped. 
because now all of a sudden now you're defrauding the feds, and you don't want to do that because they'll come after you. So I right. would one, talk to your tax preparer, whether it's a CPA or your, your tax attorney, somebody like that, that can help navigate that because this, this is the kind of call that's very personal, it's very mm-hmm. emotional, and it's unfair because I understand what you're trying to do to help your parents, but in black and white, the, 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 the regulators don't care about that. They, they right. want you to take your money first down to almost nothing before they would kick in anything, and that's sad because people shouldn't have to live like, their whole life like that. And this, this is one of the reasons why the great Ron LeGrand has spoke about having things in land trust and having, having other, type of, uh, 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 other type of trust for your family. Things of that nature. Right. Because you don't need to own nothing but control everything. And I'll preach that to the highest of the high. People think I own my house. I don't own my house. I just control it. You can put right. your, the great uh, Lou Brown deals with land trusts and everything, too. I know Ron's got some stuff on land trust and gold club as well. But the great Lou Brown, who Ron has out to his uh, meetings from time to time, his, his uh, events, and Lou Brown is one of the national experts on living trust, uh, land, land trust, things of that nature, because you could also have a personal property trust. So even a personal property can go into trust. And the way you set these things up, uh, and I talk about being 10 foot tall and bulletproof, it's because you need to make yourself 10 feet tall and bulletproof so that people don't come after you like tax people or lawsuits or things of that nature because you don't own it, you just control it, you just happen to be a beneficiary of something. So it would be great that your parents would be the beneficiary of something that nobody can even track the record of, okay? Right. That makes sense. But right now, yeah. everything's in their name. And when everything's in your name, you bring the pain home. I'll say that again. When things are in your name, you bring the pain home. And when you bring the pain home... They want you to be broke before they would kick in a nickel. And so it's unfair, unfortunate, but I I would recommend you talk to somebody of legal sound mind that's got that that license to be able to talk from that uh, personal perspective for you. Okay. Okay? All righty. Thank you. You're very welcome. Well, folks, that's going to end the call now. So um, that is, it's now 544 my time, 844 your time. And, again, if you are not a Gold Club member, you should go to sign up. That way you can, I can ask those questions or one of the other mentors can ask those questions. Go to uh, www.ronsgoldclub.com. That's Rons, that's R-O-N-S-G-O-L-D, club, L-C-L-U-B.com. That's ronsclub.com. And sign up for the Gold Club. And at the $59 a month level, you'll get access to this meeting. You'll get access to all the recordings and videos of Ron's shows on there. And it's great. I love it. I've been using it. And even when I'm not using it, I'm using it. And it's a great resource for you in your business. If you're going to be in business, this is one of the systems that you need to have to help you navigate your way uh, through the treacherous waters of real estate. So, again, I'm Alton Jones from Southern California, and I will see you at the top because the bottom is too crowded.